Blog Talk Radio. together let's take one of these red all-american hymnals and let's turn to number 15 and we're going to sing whosoever meaneth me number 15 i am happy today and the sun shines bright the clouds have been rolled away for the savior said whosoever will May come with him to stay. Whosoever surely meaneth me, surely meaneth me, yes, surely meaneth me. Whosoever surely meaneth me, whosoever meaneth me. All my hopes have been raised, oh, his name be praised. His glory has filled my soul. I've been lifted up and from sin set free. His blood has made me whole. Whosoever surely meaneth me, surely meaneth me, yet surely meaneth me. Whosoever surely meaneth me, whosoever meaneth me. Oh, what wonderful love, oh, what grace divine that Jesus should die for me. I was lost in sin, for the world I pine, but now I am set free. Whosoever surely meaneth me, surely meaneth me, oh, surely meaneth me. Whosoever surely meaneth me, whosoever meaneth me. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful for that. I'm so grateful that my name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. Amen. So when I read whosoever in the Word, I know he's talking to me. Amen. Praise God. Good to see you in church this morning. It's good to be here. Amen. I have had a blessed last few days. I just want to say the Lord has blessed me above measure. I have a beautiful, beautiful little newborn baby girl, and she's just the sweetest little thing, and she just makes the cutest little faces and noises, and and every time she hears my voice, she nearly breaks her neck trying to figure out where I'm at, and that just makes me happier yeah. Happier than... Well, I know, I know. <laughs> you kind of look like a baby a little bit, too, sometimes. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I know that. We're glad, we're glad to have Riff here with us this morning. Amen. Babies are a precious thing. And I'm going to tell you, I, I love having babies in this church. Because that means there's life here. Amen. you got to have new ones coming in to, to, to replace us as we get older and move on. There's got to be life. And uh, so a church of all ages is what we need to strive for. And uh, that's, a, that's a living, breathing church that's ready to do something. So let's continue to pray that God will allow us to reach out and, and, uh, and reach people that, that are not in church, people maybe that have, that have been in church and for whatever reason they've gotten away, uh, and, and to reach those that are lost and, and, and show them the way of salvation, lead them to Christ and, 
and get them in church and grow them in the Word. Uh, that's what our, our hearts and desires ought to be uh, about. And uh, and y'all pray for y'all pray for my wife this morning. She's she's just dealing with a lot of soreness. Uh, she had that C-section, and and uh, but she, but her mother's there helping her, and of course our our daughter Megan's there helping her, and and uh, and Jackson's been a pretty good help too. Uh, but we just we're just very grateful. Thank you for your prayers and uh, and just looking forward to, to um, mom and baby getting over here. If maybe maybe Wednesday, if not Wednesday, for sure the next Sunday. But uh, anyway, a prayer request from anybody this morning. Mm-hmm. But she's still, you know, having breaks. She's better sometimes with oxygen, but she's, you know, still working on the breathing. But just pray for us. Yes, absolutely. Sure will. <clears throat> Anybody else? Anything else? You know, Lord and handle it. All right. Miss Charlotte? I, I sure will. Sure will. Pray for Robert. He looks like he's doing all right, but he's still got his apparatus. So pray that shoulder heals up. Pray for Joanne this morning. And I don't yell at him too much. And she don't yeah. yell at him too much. pray for my friend Amanda Children's partner and husband. They're on vacation this week heading to Colorado. Okay. Right. And my understanding, uh, Laura Jordan over in Paris is doing better. Uh, who told me that? Somebody told me that the other night. Can't remember. Maybe it was Bonnie. I can't remember. Somebody said that to me though. Um, she had COVID and, and she's doing a lot better from what I from what I heard anyway. Uh, but they were kind of worried about her for a little while. All right. No other prayer requests before we go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to take up this morning's offering after we pray. So uh, you can be seated after we pray. Let's go to the Lord and ask. One more. Okay. I remember my cousin Georgia Sanderson. She's a Pentecost. She's a Pentecost. Uh huh. Her husband. All right. Yes, sure will. Sure will. All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us today. Ask the Spirit of God to stir in our midst. And uh, let's just ask ask God to come on in. Brother Dan, lead us in prayer. Seventy-four. All oh, 
they tell me of a home far beyond the sky. Oh, they tell me of a home far away. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh, the land of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a home where my friends have gone. Oh, they tell me of that land far away where the tree of life in eternal bloom shed this fragrance through the unclouded day. Oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh, the land of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a king in his beauty there. And they tell me that mine eyes shall behold where he sits on the throne that is whiter than snow in the city that is made of gold. Oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh, the land of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me that he smiles on his children there, and his smile drives their sorrows all away. And they tell me that no tears ever come again in that lovely land of unclouded day. Oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh, the land of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Praise God. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to that day. Praise God. 347. 347. Wonderful words of life. Sing them over again to me. Wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see. Wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Christ the blessed one gives to all. Wonderful words of life, sinnerless to the loving call, wonderful words of life, all so freely given, wooing us to heaven, beautiful words, wonderful 
wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Sweetly echo the gospel call, wonderful words of life. Author pardon and peace to all, wonderful words of life. Jesus, only Savior, sanctify forever. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Amen. 376. 376. If I had to pick three gospel songs that were my absolute favorite, this is one of them. 376. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Naught of good that I have done, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. One of my favorite preachers, one of my favorite preachers who's now in heaven said, he said, you think if I died in five minutes and I stand before the throne of God, I'm going to hold up my good works? Amen. You think I'm going to do that? You think I'm going to say, Lord, look at all I've done. Look at all I've accomplished in my life. He said, no. 
In my hand no price I bring. Simply to thy cross I'll cling. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. It's God Almighty as a judge upon his throne. Holiness is all around him as he judges sin and wrong. Satan is the old accuser as I stand before the king with his list of accusations all my sin he tries to bring as he points Accusing fingers to where I stand before the throne. Then a voice behind me whispers, Child, I'm here, you're not alone. That's my Savior. My interceder, and he's standing in my place. As he stands, I bought his pardon. He speaks one word, and it is grace. There is now. No condemnation unto them who are redeemed. With my blood, I bought his pardon. That's my child, and he is free. Praise God, I'm free. By the blood of my Savior, Jesus Christ. The devil can't do a thing about it either. Amen? That ought to be an amen. I said the devil can't do a thing about it. Amen? Let's, let's don't get so still we forget why we're here. Amen? Praise God. It's good to have visitors here with us. It's good to have Timothy. And I'm sorry, sister. You tell me that name again. Connie. Connie. Connie, we're glad you're here. Amen? Very much so. We're glad Leo's here with us this morning. Amen? Good to see Scott this morning. Amen. It's good to have all. Good to have. It's good to have all of y'all back there. Amen. All the youngins and everything. It's just, huh? All y'all back there. Amen. All them stringers and and wilders and amen. We're just glad to have all of them back there. Praise God. It's good to be in church. Amen. Well, we're gonna pick up where we left off. John chapter sixteen. Turn there with me. John sixteen. And. Seems like there's always somebody new comes in, so let me just refresh. We are going through the life of the Lord, earthly life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
his life courses without beginning, without end, so I can't hardly talk about his whole life, amen. But, uh, but I can tell you this, the, the part that we're looking at is fascinating. And if you don't know Jesus, you need to get to know Jesus. There's a difference between knowing about somebody and knowing somebody. I know about George Washington, but I don't know George Washington. You, you know, I read he chopped down a cherry tree, but then I found out later on that was a fabricated story. So I don't know, I don't know whether, what's real and what ain't when it comes to those folks, but I can tell you this, I know Jesus, and I want you to get to know him too. Amen. Right now where we find ourselves in, in, in the story is, is, is simply this. It's not a story, but in the, in the narrative here, uh, we find ourselves, Jesus has washed the disciples' feet. They have left the upper room. It is the night before his crucifixion, and he and the disciples have walked down the steps. They've gone out into the city. They've walked uh, more than likely past the temple. They're on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, and Jesus is giving his last words uh, to them, to his disciples, as they are walking that way. And, uh, and he talked to them last week, and I just want to touch on last week just for a second so that we kind of reset ourselves. Uh, but last week, there were some things that he told them. He, he, he had told them that the world was going to hate them. And he said, if, they, if the world hates you, know they hated me first, okay? They're not hating you just because of you. They're hating you because of me. And he said, you know, if they, per, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And it's not because of who we are. It's because of who he is and who we are to him. And he said, if they've kept my saying, they'll keep yours also. Those who love me will love you. Those who hate me will hate you. And that's not going to change. But he, as he's telling them these things, and, and he's telling them, you know, that they're going to, he said, they're going to put you out of the synagogues. He, they're not going to let you come back in there anymore. And, and so the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And, and that's certainly, we certainly saw that. And I mentioned it last week that during the dark, what we call the dark ages, some 50 million believers were murdered at the hands of the Catholic Church. And they believed they were doing God a service by getting rid of all of these uh, people who would not comply with the Catholic religion. And, uh, but, you know, he told, them, he, he told them there in verse 1 of, of chapter 16, these things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. I don't want you to get offended by the things I'm saying to you and forget what I'm telling you. Because you know what happens when you get offended? Your ears turn off, right? All you can think about is, I don't like what he said. And that's what you'll think about over and over in your head, and you will shut out everything else. And he was telling them, don't do that. Don't do that. But, but you know what? He gets down in verse 6 where we were at last week, and he said this. He said, because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. You're, in other words, let me, let me break this down to you. In other words, Jesus is saying because you know that people are going to look at you negatively, they're going to speak about you negatively, they're going to treat you in a, in a foul manner, they are going to look at you as though they, they wish you were dead, and some of them will try to kill you. Because of that, you will lose esteem of the people that you've known all your life. You may lose, you may lose the, the, the comforts of family. You may lose everything. For me, and because he told them those things, they got all balled up inside. They just couldn't figure out, well, what are we going to do? 
You know, it's going to be terrible once he leaves and everybody hates us and they just start thinking about their own self and they've got their eyes off of Jesus. And we know what happens when you take your eyes off Jesus. We saw that with Peter. You start to go blub, 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 and you go under. And they were going under, not 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 in reality in water, but they were they were going under as far as spiritually because they were losing sight of what he's trying to teach them in these last few precious moments. But he went on to say, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back through it all, but but verses seven through eleven, I'm gonna read them. Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you, or it is necessary for you, that I go away. And if I go not away, the Comforter, that's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost of God, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Okay? And remember last week there in verse 7, that key word was, Nevertheless, y'all are depressed, y'all are moody, y'all are upset, y'all are only thinking about yourself, but Jesus said, nevertheless, I'm going to tell you anyway. We've watched the disciples. Again, I, I refer to them as Keystone Cops because they, they just bumble around and, and, and can't get out of their own way and they say the wrong things, they do the wrong things. And, and we saw Jesus lovingly be patient with them time and time. And sometimes, sometimes uh, you know, it seemed that Jesus would get irritated because they just would not have faith. And I understand that. I mean, it's all dependent on us trusting him. And that's what he's trying to tell them. Look, I'm about to leave, but you need to realize that the Holy Spirit of God is going to come and he is going to be there for you in my stead while I am seated at the right hand of the Father. So let's look. Let's look at verses 12 through 15. That's what we're going to cover this morning. And uh, quickly, let's look there and we'll, we'll pray and we'll get into the message. Verse 12, he said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's pray this morning. Father, we come before you this morning, and Lord, we ask you please to meet with us now. Oh, Lord, I pray that, Lord, anything in my life, Lord, that would be a hindrance to this message going forth in power, I pray, Father, you'd forgive me, cleanse me, and remove it right now. Lord God, I pray that that the Holy Spirit of God might fill every fiber of my being from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Lord God, that I might have unction and power to preach. Lord, I pray for each one under the sound of my voice this morning. Lord, that they might come laying down any baggage they brought with them. Lord, and just attune, just tune their ears to what the Spirit of God is saying about the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I just pray that the Holy Ghost just put a hush over this room and draw our attention in sharply that we might hear from you. We pray now. We ask these things. We pray, Lord, you might move, draw people, Lord, to a decision, whatever it may be that, Lord, their need is. Father, I pray that you draw them to make that choice, that decision for you today. Lord, we'll give you all the glory and the praise because we know you're due every bit of it. 
In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Before I forget, I know Bonnie's got it on her mind. <laughs> but next Sunday, next Sunday will be Fellowship Sunday. I just wanted to mention that, lest you forget, and we'll talk about it after service. But let's get into the message. Amen. John 16, 12 through 15. So he said, I want you to notice there in verse 12 what Jesus said. He said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. I have many things to say to you, but I don't think 30 minutes is going to cover it all, but I'm going to try. Amen? But what did he mean when he said you cannot bear them now? Well, they couldn't bear what he said before. They, were, they just were not ready to hear all these things. And he said, Jesus said, I, you know, you need to learn some things. There's a lot more to this than you've gotten up to this point. There, when I leave, it's not over. That's not all. There's plenty more that you need to learn. And, and as we've been looking on Sunday night, there's a lot of commandments of Christ that he gave, and, and, and I mean, he gave a lot of them through the Apostle Paul. He, I mean, there were a lot of them that the uh, apostles understood later, and then, and then they were given. But, but the Bible, the Bible I'm going to give you an example of, 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 what, of an example of here where he says you cannot bear them now. In John 13, if you want to flip back over there, you can. 13, verses 6 and 7, this is when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. The Bible said, Then comes he to Simon Peter, and Peter says unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. You don't get it right now. I understand you don't get it, but later on you're going to get it. Well, if you look in Galatians chapter 6, let me just read it to you. Galatians 6, the first two verses, I believe they got it later on right here. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Isn't that what he was just saying to him? That's why he was washing their feet and showing them that we need to, we need to get the, the world off of us. We're clean, but, the, but our feet get dirty walking through this world, and, and sometimes we, we, we get the crud of this world on us, and we need somebody to say, hey, listen, you're, you're tracking that everywhere. You need to get that off of you. Amen? So I believe, I believe that's, that's one example, but you cannot bear them now. 1 Corinthians 3, 1, and 1 through 3, the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth, he said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. I couldn't even talk to you on a spiritual level. He said, But as unto carnal, I could only speak to your flesh, even as unto babes in Christ. I've been feeding a babe. Amen. I fed you with milk. I, I, I listen. We, we, we eat all kind of good stove, stuff off the stove. Amen. I made some smothered steak and, and and some hot water cornbread last night, but I didn't give none of that baby because that baby can't handle that. That hot water cornbread was good too, but that baby couldn't chew it. Uh, you know, there's there's only certain things you can take when you're a baby. And Paul said there 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 is a there is a there is a place and a time in a believer's life where they're like that. They don't grasp everything. It, it's a process. It's a process. You don't get it all the moment you get saved. It's a learning process, and it's not one that you're going to learn in a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years. It is a lifelong journey, you and the Lord Jesus Christ, and getting to know Him and, and understanding His power and what He wants to do in your life and through your life for other people. Amen? But he said, he said, I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto, for up to this point, you were not able to bear it. 
Neither yet now are ye able, for ye are carnal. For whereas there is among you envying, strife, divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? So this was a this was a church full of believers, but yet they they had not grown in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had they had uh, been stunted in their growth and. And they were doing things according to their flesh. And I and I dare say there are a lot of churches in America who are full of babes in Christ. If they're and if they're if they're truly in Christ at all, there's a lot of babes. And there's a lot of babes in the pulpit. If you really want to know the truth, there's a lot of babes in the pulpit. If they're even in Christ at all, teaching some of the most outlandish things you've ever heard in your life. In Hebrews, I'm going to give you one more, and then I'm going to move on through this message. It'll go pretty quick. In Hebrews chapter 5, 11 through 14, the writer of Hebrews is saying, he said, of whom, and speaking of Christ, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing as ye are dull of hearing. There's a lot of things I'd like to tell you about how to walk in Christ and live in Christ, but you can, I can tell you and it go in one ear and out the other. That's what he's saying. You're dull of hearing. You don't get what I'm saying. I, I feel like that sometimes when I'm dealing with teenagers. Amen? <laughs> Y'all are dull of hearing. It takes, it, takes, it takes a whop on your head to get you to listen to me. But uh, but he said you, you just can't get it. He said for when when the time for the when the time when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are of such as have need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You know, you know somebody, somebody that's able to pick up something heavy is somebody who's exercised their muscles. Okay? They're used to lifting heavy things. That's why they're able to reach down and pick up something heavy and lift it. Well, spiritual strength comes from lifting heavy burdens and carrying heavy burdens and trusting the Lord and His strength and His power. And day after day as you've carried those burdens and, 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 and done, those, done the things of trusting God to help other people and, and, and to give them the gospel and you've worked in the faith trying to bring others into the kingdom of God, as you do that exercising your spiritual muscles, that's the Holy Ghost of God, your strength in you anyway. You, become to, you come to know Christ more and more daily. So let's get into this and let's, let's see what we can get out of this message this morning. Uh, we're looking at the knowledge of the Word of God. That's what, that's what the Spirit of God is going to do. He is going to share with us the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, when we, when we read this book, we're not just looking to read words on paper. We want the very author to speak directly to us when we read this book. Amen? If you read this book like a newspaper, you might get a little something, but you're not going to get what God wants you to get. God wants to talk to you. God wants to have a time of sitting and, 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 and teaching you. Okay? So, and what does He want to teach you? He wants to teach you all about His love his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his righteousness, his peace, his power. He wants to teach you so many things. The Apostle Paul expressed it this way. In Philippians 3.10, here's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, that I may know him. You know, he wasn't, Paul was not just 
content just to know about him. So that I may know him. I want to, I want to know him just like I walked with him, just like the, the disciples did. I want to know him. I, I want to know him on such a deep personal level that I, I know I know what he expects. I know what he wants. I, 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 can, I, I can see that because I've, I've walked with him long enough, and it's easy for me to discern what Christ wants and what Christ doesn't want because of my experience with Christ, and I know him. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know that same power that was able to lift Lazarus from the dead. I want to know that same power that was able to open blind eyes. I want to know that same power that was able to unstop deaf ears. I want to know that same. You say, preacher, you saying you want to go on a healing and miracle ministry? No, that's not what I'm saying. But the power of God is able to do miraculous things through a believer. It's God's will. It's not my will. I don't just go about swinging a coat around and going, touch, and everybody fall down. That's ridiculous. God never sanctioned or ordained that kind of silliness. But I can tell you this. When I've got a heart of compassion and love for somebody, and I go to God in prayer, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm ministering to them through the Word of God, powerful things can happen. It can happen just the same when you do it as well. He said, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings. What do you mean, Paul? I mean, I want to live in such a way that when people see me, they see the Lord Jesus Christ in me, and those who despise him will despise me just the same. That's what he's saying. I, I, want, I want to walk with Jesus so closely that they hate me because of it. Amen. You may say, well, I don't want nobody hating me. Well, if you want to walk with Jesus, you're going to make some people hate you. You say, why are they going to hate me? Because your righteousness rebukes their unrighteousness. You don't have to say a word. You don't have to go and preach. Say, you're going to hell. You're going to burn for all that. No, you don't have to do all that. You just, you, just, you just live as a believer. You just talk of your Savior. It'll rub them the wrong way, I assure you. It'll rub some the right way, praise God, but it's going to rub some the wrong way. And he said, I, I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. See, I, Paul's not, he's not afraid of, of, of the things that they were afraid of, those apostles were. What did he say? I've suffered, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things. All things. He had a lot of things. Apostle Paul was a very wealthy man. The Apostle Paul was a very learned, very educated man. He was a man of position and power. He was a, he was a very, very respected man, and he lost every bit of it, and he said, I do count them but dung. It's like a pile of manure with flies all over it behind me. That's the way I look back on all the things I used to treasure. Why? For him. For him. And he said, being made conformable unto his death. What I get from that is this. Look, he died for me. He gave his all for me. He poured out his life for me. I want to do the same for him. I want to give my all for him. I want to, Paul, Paul said, I die daily. What did he mean? He's saying, I, I'm laying my life down. I'm letting him live. And that's exactly what Christ did for me. He laid his life down so that I could have life. Amen? So let's get into it, all right? You ready? 20 minutes. Let's make, let's make a good run at it. Number one, what do we find in this this morning? Verse 13, the Bible says, Christ said, how be it when he... He said, I got a lot of things to say, but you can't bear them now. But how be it when he, the spirit of truth, 
is come, he will guide you into all truth. The Spirit of truth. That's another name for the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost of God, the Spirit of truth. John 14, 17 says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Well, my friends, he dwells with you if you're a believer. Not only does he dwell with you, he lives in you. Hey, how close is that? That's how close you are to him at all times. How close is your relationship? That's a good question. Is it as good as it ought to be, seeing as how God's right there with you? Or do some things stand in the way? 1 John 4, 6. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby we hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. We know that we know that God heareth us. We are of God. Listen, that's how we know. We're we're that's how we know. We have the spirit of truth with us. Amen. He's in us. Amen. And the Bible says there, it says he will guide you into all truth. Now, I like that word guide. Now, I want you to notice it does not say he will drive you into all truth. He'll corral you into all truth. No. He's, if you, look, I hate to tell you this, but if you don't want to follow God, God's not going to force you. He's not. God's a gentleman. God is, God, is not, God is not going to come down on you with fury and drive you. No. No. You say, well, what will happen? He'll be ashamed of you when he shows up. That's what the Bible says. Amen. He'll guide you. Why will he guide you? Well, he guides you so you don't go astray following the Lord Jesus. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led, there's that word, as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We're to be led by Him. We're to follow willingly, voluntarily. Lord, I want to know you. I want to know, like Paul said, I want to know you and I want to know everything about you and I want to be like you. I want to experience what it means to be in Christ. I want, and if you want to be led, you've got to be willing to follow. You've got to seek it. You've got to get up in the morning and say, God, I want to follow you today. Lead me. Listen, he led the children of Israel, did he not? After they got across the, the Red Sea, he led them by day by a pillar of cloud, cloud that covered them, gave them shade, and it took them where God wanted them to go. And by night, what did he do? He gave them a pillar of fire to guide them where they could see. And they, they followed that pillar of fire. He was leading them and guiding them then. And he will lead us and guide us now. Why? So that we don't go the wrong way. As for the apostles, what did the Spirit of God do? He guided their tongues in speaking so that they spoke the words of Christ. He guided their pens in writing to keep them from making mistakes and error. Amen. I think about what the Bible says over there in 2 Timothy 3, 16, where it talks about all Scripture is, 
is given by inspiration, which the word, the, the Greek word is theonoustos, which means literally God breathed. God has given us his word, and it's perfect and without error. It comes from the mouth of God himself. He spoke it into existence. And the Spirit of God guided them in the, as they wrote the word. We know this word is without mistake and without error. Amen in this King James Bible. The Spirit of God is, is given to us to be our guide, not only to show us the way, but to go along with us. I mean, he's not just leading us. He's there with us, and he continues to aid us. He continues to influence us. And if you're following the Spirit of God, you won't be led off into worldliness. Amen? As Christ, as Christ said, and I think you quoted this morning, or you quoted, you quoted something similar, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. And, and the voice of another they'll not follow. No. You won't be led off by some, by some other voice if you're following the Spirit of God. You know that this is God speaking. You can tell when it's, when it's a phony. You can tell when it's somebody full of error. But he'll guide you. Why does he guide you? So that you don't fall short. You know what? God wants us to finish. God didn't set us out to start not to finish. God wants us to finish. I think about that verse in Philippians 1.6. It says, being confident, confident, I like that, of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. Thank God. Not, not, only, not only does the Spirit of God dwell in the believer, but he never leaves. He never quits. He never gives up. He's constantly working in us to bring us in, into a closer and a deeper relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to produce more work through us, more works through us that help and benefit others around us, that draw others to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's his, his work, is to produce in us the fruit, the, the love, the joy, the peace. All those things come through the Spirit of God, and he's, he's there constantly working to produce that fruit in our life. What else does it say about him? It says he'll guide us into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. He shall not speak of himself. And then let me just say this, just kind of as a little caveat in this. I'm not afraid of talking about the Holy Ghost to God. I'm not afraid of, 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 of praying and asking the Holy Ghost to help me find something or help me to, to accomplish something. I'm not, I, I'm not afraid of doing that at all, but I'm not going to put the Holy Ghost before the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Ghost of God is never going to put himself before the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will tell you this, there are a lot of, there are a lot of denominations, lots of churches, and they, boy, they're going to have a Holy Ghost revival and a Holy Ghost this and a Holy Ghost that. Can I tell you something? That's not how God wants it to be. God never wants us to exalt the, the name of the, of the Holy Ghost above the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not that he's not equal to him, because he surely is, but that's not what he came to do. The Holy Ghost of God does not come to promote himself. Can I tell you something? Jesus didn't do that either. I'm going to show you. Turn over to John 12. John 12. Look at verses 49 and 50. John 12, 49 and 50. 
Look, listen to what Jesus said. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment that what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Now, 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 now before anybody says, but wait a minute. Uh, Jesus did speak about himself. Yeah, he did. Because the Father willed that the Son speak those words. But when it says, I I have not spoken of myself, he's saying, I did not come independent of my Father and start speaking things about myself independent of him. I'm not going to say anything unless it's in agreement with what the Father wants. You see, when Jesus came, he was fully submitted to his Father's will. Fully. Jesus Christ came in humility. All right? In John 14, turn over there. John 14 and verse 10. John 14 and verse 10. Jesus said there, he said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. The Son of God did not speak independently of the Father. He spoke what the Father gave him to say, and neither does the Spirit. The Spirit of God does not come and do things independently of God's Word. I remember hearing about a healing service that somebody was in. They were telling us about it. Said there was a man that got up there, and he obviously had one short one leg that was shorter than the other. He said, and boy, they, they, they spoke in tongues and did this, that, and the other, and the preacher ran back and said some words and, and, and done something toward that leg, and said, and that leg began to grow. He said, and I'm watching this man's get leg get longer. He said, and here in a minute it got long as the other one. He said, but the problem was it kept growing. It got longer than the... He said, God don't make mistakes. Now you say, well, that really happened. I don't know. I wasn't there. But all I can tell you is God doesn't make mistakes. Praise God. Amen. And the Spirit of God does not operate independent of the Son. And Jesus is saying, don't go buying into that stuff. Amen. He will not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. John fifteen fifteen. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. He said, what my Father said, that's what I told you. And that's exactly how it will be with the Spirit of God. He's not going to communicate anything unto us that is separate from what he has heard from the Father. 1 Corinthians 2. 9 through 12. But as it is written, y'all know this verse, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the hearts of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now listen, that's usually where we stop. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. He's not giving us anything other than what God the Father has given. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Well, of course, we understand each other, 
but we don't understand God like we understand each other. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Ladies and gentlemen, do we fully grasp what God's trying to say to us? Do we fully take in daily nourishment from the Word of God? Do we come to the Word of God expecting God to speak to us and reveal to us deeper things about Him daily? We ought to come... Listen, I, I've been married, me and my wife have been married now for 10 years, and, I, and I, I know her better today than I knew her when I married her. Matter of fact, it took us a, several years to G and haul together, if y'all know what those two terms mean, we, we, because we're different people, totally different. I mean, opposite end of the spectrum. And so there was a lot of headbutting went on before we got to where we're walking together now. You know what? The further we go, the more I'm in love with that woman. The further we go, the more I know about her. The further we go, the more I want to do for her. I want to please her. I, want, I can talk about her because she ain't here. I, I want to make her happy. Okay? I, I, that's my heart's desire. And, and, and it's more so now than it ever was when I married her. That ought to be our relationship with, with, with the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to want to do more for him now than when we got saved. We ought to be we ought to be just I mean just head over heels. I just love him so much. I just want to do anything that I can to please him. Anything he wants me to do. We ought to be so willing to 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 sacrifice whatever we got to sacrifice. We ought to be willing to give up whatever we got to give up. We ought to be willing to give whatever we got to give. Because he gave all for us. So the spirit of God He'll show you these things, but you've got to go seeking them. You've got to be willing to be teachable. You've got to be willing to learn. He said he'll show you things to come. I've got to hurry. He'll show you things to come. Well, what kind of things? Well, I, 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 could, I could spend an hour and a half on this. I'm just going to give you a little quick snippet of what he's talking about. Well, what are some things that the Spirit of God has shown us that were things to come that we're seeing right now? I think we can look at 1 Timothy 4, 1 through, 9, 1 through 3 and see some. The Bible says there, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Folks, we're living in that day. You realize, and I don't know how much you pay attention to the news, but I, I don't know if you realize what's going on in our world. There, there has been a, a pedophile ring that is worldwide, and it's about to be burst wide open. Hollywood, poli uh, uh, politicians, business leaders, people, uh, musicians. I mean, they, they, have been, they have been part of this abortion industry that thrives in our nation, and there's a reason for that. They're thriving on the blood of infants. They are, they are doing some dark, dastardly things behind closed doors. There's some evil, satanic stuff at work in our nation. And it didn't get there overnight, folks. It got there gradually, little by little. Satan has worked his tendrils throughout all through society, even into Christian homes, through the television, through the Internet, through all forms of media. And I'm going to tell you right now, there, our, our churches in America are in trouble. Christianity in America is, is on life support. 
You're sitting in a church right now that believes this old King James Bible is the Word of God, that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, that there is no other way. There's, and I'm not saying that like we're the only ones, because I know they, there's a lot of them that still believe that, but not near what they used to be. You see, he said that they'll be speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving to them which believe and know the truth. I just wondered about vegetarians when I read that, but anyway. But... Amen. That's in the Bible. I keep, I keep refuted. Amen. But then I notice in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, he said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Y'all know what it says. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. I think of the politicians. I think of the false news media. I think of the rioters and looters and Antifa and that whole nine yards when I see this. It's just like God just ripped a page out of the newspaper and said, here it is. Here it is. You see, the Spirit of God has been warning about this stuff for a long, long time. We're here now. But what else did he say he'd do? We're almost done. He said he'll glorify me. He'll glorify Christ. He's going to honor the Lord. He's not going to glorify himself. He's going to glorify Christ. Acts chapter 2, verse 32 through 36. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. This is on the day of Pentecost. This is the, this is the, 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 the impetuous little fisherman who, who couldn't do anything right and denied Jesus three times, now standing up in the power of the Holy Spirit of God and preaching to those who crucified their, his Savior, saying these words, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, that's what he's saying. Listen, we were in that upper room, and he came just like he said he would. There was a rushing mighty wind, cloven tongues of fire set upon all of us. We knew that the promise he had given had come to fulfillment. And he said, he has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. What? People were hearing the gospel in their own language. They were there out of every nation under heaven, and they spoke to them, unlearned fishermen, and those around them and with them, and their family members who did not know these languages began speaking in foreign languages to foreigners. He said, you saw this. Now in verse 36 he says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. How did he say that? He said that in the power of the Holy Ghost who was testifying of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, uh, he, was, he was afraid to do anything just a few days before. I mean, he had, he had given up the ministry. He said, oh, he said, you know, he said, I go a fishing. And I believe, I'm not mistaken, that Greek word was hupago, which means I'm done. I'm through. Didn't work out like a plan for it, too. I'm messed up. I've denied him. I'm, I'm through. I'm done. I'm toast. I'm going back to the fishing boat. Something I know how to do. I can catch fish. I ain't done so good catching men lately. I want to quit. I'm done. And a lot of people felt like that, too. 
life gave them a dirty hand. They, they just they wasn't no good. They just said, I just don't know why God let all these things happen to me. I just, I just think God would do me better than this. I just don't understand. And they get mad and they quit. But that same Peter, that same Peter, oh, the Lord went to him. The Lord asked him three times, do you love me? He restored him. And that same Peter stood up and proclaimed the Lord Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 3. Wherefore I give, unto, give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. You see, he's going to speak of Christ. He's going to glorify Christ. What does he do? He shows that unbeliever in their heart that, yes, he truly is the Son of God. Yes, he truly is the Messiah. You and I can tell him all day long, but it's only the Holy Ghost of God who puts his finger right on the heart of a man and says that's the truth. He'll glorify Christ. One more thing and we're done. He shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. He shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. John fifteen twenty six. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Now I want you to turn one more place and we're done. First John chapter 4. Turn over there with me. First John chapter 4. You may have to unzip your Bible, but it'll be all right. John chapter, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 13. How many of you in here know you're saved without a doubt? Say amen if you do. Amen. amen. Okay. This is talking to me and you, so let's pay attention. Hereby know we that we dwell in him. How do we know we're saved? And he in us. How do we know we're in him and he in us? Because he hath given us of his spirit. He lives in you. As I said, the Spirit of God is there in you. What did the verse we read before said that the Spirit of God will do? He shall testify of me. So what are we to do? We are to testify of him because that's what the Spirit of God wants to do. That's his job, his purpose is to testify of Christ. And where does he live? In the believer. So who has to open their mouth and let the Holy Ghost testify? The believer. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit and we have seen and do testify. Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Christian, that's our job. That's that's really if you uh, you know philosophers and all the like have tried for ages to discover the meaning of life. Well, I've got it. It's to testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the meaning of life. That's the point. That's we're we're His people. We're the sheep of His pasture. We're here. 
for him, for his good pleasure. And, and Christ is the Savior. He's my Savior. He's your Savior. He wants to be somebody's Savior who doesn't know him. And you and I are here to testify. You say, well, maybe people may not like me. Well, they didn't like him. It's okay. He'll comfort you. When they don't like you and they, they speak evil words about you and they run you down and they trash you, and I hate to say it, but sometimes it's our brethren who do it because they don't see eye to eye with us on some trivial issue. Sadly, sometimes it's a bigger issue. Sometimes because they can't control you. I've been there. I'm here to tell you there's liberty in the Lord. I'm going to tell you, God wants to use you. God loves you. God saved you. God gave you his, his salvation through his precious son whom he sacrificed for you. And he didn't leave you alone. And he knows that we don't understand everything and, and we haven't got it all figured out and we can't see the whole picture. As the Bible says, we see through a, a glass darkly. One of these days we'll see him face to face. Right now it's kind of like through a smoky glass. It's hard to see through. And, and that's why we have the Spirit of God. So day by day we learn more. We understand more. Our steps get a little bigger, a little more confident as we walk. Wisdom begins to swirl around in that head, godly wisdom, so that when we hear a struggle somebody's going through, the Spirit of God takes the Word of God, which we've hid in our heart, and pulls it right up and says, this will help you. When we come across somebody who's not saved, who doesn't understand the way of life and is on their way to hell, the Spirit of God works in us to bring up those verses about salvation, and we can open our mouth, and He will testify of Christ. You and I are vessels to be filled with the Spirit of God and taken to somebody who needs it and Pour it out and then go back and get back under the fountain of God's Word and let the Spirit of God fill us with more truth so we can run and take it, pour it out to somebody else and run back and get under the spout again. And that's what our lives will be a constant process of, filling up and pouring out, filling up and pouring out. Who does the pouring? The Spirit of God does. He controls the flow. He controls it. He's the one who's in charge. You and I are just being used of God for His purpose. But my friends, there's glory at the end. There's glory at the end. At the end of this way, when He looks at us and He says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let me ask you a question. Do you, you feel like this morning that you've done a good job? Do you feel like this morning that the Lord would say to you based on what you've accomplished for him thus far, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I can say to you that if, you, if you're a little uneasy about it, the best thing to do is not to sit there and feel bad. The best thing to do is to come and, and say, Lord, I'll give you the rest of me, the part I've been holding back. If you'll do that, he'll take it and he'll use you in a marvelous way. But you've got to be willing to be led. You've got to be willing to be guided. You've got to be willing to follow. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a song of invitation as we turn in these books to number 403. But I urge you to come do business with God today. He's spoken to you. Don't worry about the song. We can, we can sing. I want you to do business with the Lord. Let's pray. Father, 
I pray even now the Holy Spirit would work in hearts, continue the work that He's done throughout this message. Lord, I pray for folks, if, they, if they're under, under some conviction over something, or they feel a need that they, 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 they just must come to you about, Father, I pray they'd come to one of these altars and, and pray, Lord, and, and I'll be glad to kneel and pray with them. And, and Lord, I just, want to, I just want to see you work. I just want to see you at work in our lives. Lord, I want to see you grow in us and mature in us and making us ready to, to teach others and help others to grow them. Lord, you, you do the work in here. You do the work among us, and we'll give Jesus the praise and the glory. In Christ's name, amen. 403, pass me not. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Sir. Uh, amen, both of you. Well, praise God, man. Hallelujah. Amen. Just have a seat there, wherever you want to. We'll, we'll do it in a second. Calling, do not pass me by. The sweet relief, kneeling there in deep contrition, help my unbelief, Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do Amen. Well, Scott and Cole will come this morning. Y'all come stand. They come this morning wanting to move their membership from, you said, Choctaw Baptist and Idabel. Yes, they want to move their membership here with us. And uh, both of you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen. You've already been baptized and everything. Yes, Amen. Well, I don't. I think I know the answer, but if, it, if it's your desire that... Uh, Scott and Cole, unite with this church, receive full fellowship of the church here with us. Let it be known by saying amen. Uh, any opposed or not any, are there? I didn't think so. Amen. Well, brother, I tell you what. I want y'all to stand right here. Sister, pick out a song, and uh, we, can just, we can just do this the right way. So I'm going I'm to have, have Robert start, and y'all come around and file back around, and once he's done, y'all can come out and... And we'll just do it that way. We all give them the right hand of fellowship. Amen. Just place it. God bless you, brother. It's as excited as I can be. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Don't forget we're going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I'll mention that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes, ma'am. It's good to be back, too. Amen. Amen, brother.
That's it. That's it. Y'all go ahead and be seated. One more thing before we dismiss. Next Sunday, the 26th, will be the last Sunday of the month. And, of course, y'all know what that means. That means we'll have a morning We'll have a morning service, and then we'll go back here and eat. So are we? do we have a, a, a theme of what we're going to eat? Well, yeah, food, I'm all for that. I mean, do we have an idea of what type or? Okay. It'll, yeah, it'll be potluck, free-for-all, whatever y'all want to do. I mean, I'll make a jello mold or something. Make one with cucumbers and celery in it. All right. Yeah, I got a I got a cookbook from the seventies. Well, it was good to have everybody here with us. Good to have good to have visitors here this morning, and we hope you blessed and enjoy yourself. And uh, so I see the rest of you, whoever whoever's coming, be back here tonight at six, and uh, look forward to seeing you here. We're gonna get back in the commandments of Christ tonight. And uh, any word from anybody about anything else before we go? I'll just remember to pray for my wife. She gets over gets over surgery. And uh just pray that God blesses each and every one of us. Sure glad to have Scott and Cole join with us this morning. That's a blessing. True blessing. All right. Anybody else? Anything else? All right. Well, Robert, I I missed you up here earlier, so dismiss us in prayer. Amen.